everybody. This is the K-pop cast bringing you the best sounds and ideas in K-pop this week. I am your PD Nim Michaela. It's just me today hosting. Uh, but I am not alone today because it is another round of hit replays featuring a very special guest, Nat. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? Yes. Hi, I am Nat. I am one fourth of Not Your Average Netizens, which is a K-pop, K-drama, well, not really dramas, more so Asian entertainment and um, sort of social yeah. commentary podcast. I'm actually also one half of a of Soldier Chronicles, which is a drama, um, Asian drama, anime, manga, book, podcast as well. So just all, all the how you, all the, all the things. All of it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So today is we are covering hit replays. replays are songs we recommend you listen to on repeat or replay for the week so Nat you are our special guest so you get to go first what is your hit replay for this week so I have two I have Bam Bam with Ribbon mm -hmm. uh, so everybody I mean has to know by now that Double V has uh, come well I guess it's not really a comeback because he hasn't dropped Korean music just it's, Thai music yeah it's but... just a re-debut a re-debut in yeah. uh, Korea with his his album Pandora and it's called Ribbon but there's like a Ribbon and Pandora sort of version so mm -hmm. uh, it's like six songs I believe six or seven songs I'm still waiting for my album to come but <laughs> Ribbon is the title and it's so bright and fun and catchy and I mean I think everything that is really lively about Bam Bam has been captured perfectly in Ribbon. Like a lot of people thought he was going to go the, you know, dark, edgy kind of route. Right. Like you he did. Been, you know, the rapper and got seven. Exactly. But Bam is actually like really like bright. Like he has a very bright personality. So mm -hmm. I think that Ribbon actually sort of personifies that perfectly. And it's just so catchy. Um, and it, you know, the whole like ribbon reborn kind of thing that he's going for there. It, I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's like there's a meaning there, but it's just more so about being fun. And, you know, I'm all like sometimes music can have a deep, really deep meaning, but usually I don't really need it to. I just want to have like a good time <laughs> and like, you know, just like fall into the music. And I think that Bam Bam really did a really, really, really fantastic job with it. And mm -hmm. it's doing pretty well. So, I'm happy. And the second song would be B.I.'s Illa Illa, which is Ooh, just okay. so perfect it's it's like it is a bit more on the moody side it's not like a bright song but yeah, that, but that's not expect unexpected from him though right exactly 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 but he's singing he's rapping he's running a lot in a music video i love it i think it's so catchy i think that um it's like a really simple song you know, like really upliftingly simple, but like he uses a lot of um, sort of analogies and things like that in the lyrics. 
So I think that it really does make you think. I mean, B.I. is known as a songwriter as well, too, right? Like he is a producer. He's always a a producer as well. A very key part of Icon Sound. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm like, I was really missing B.I. And he came through in the clutch. And Mm -hmm. I really love Ella Ella. I listen to it very, very often, more than I should probably. Thank you for sharing your hit replays. Um, but I, it's not a competition, but I think my hit replays are kind of great. <laughs> we had a K-pop chat on Wednesday talking about like our mid-year picks for songs. Yes. These, these are great picks, but I feel like when we talk about uh, K-pop, we always forget about OSTs because K-dramas, like the thing that makes a great K-drama is a great OST. And this song... John Park's Always By Your Side is an example of a great OST because it's from the drama Vincenzo, which I, I know you, you say you're not, you know, you don't really dig it, but... It was good. It was good. It just wasn't... I don't think it lived up to the hype. I just... But there were very yeah. amazing standout performances in it. So I'm. if they do have a season two, I will be there to watch it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we I really loved Vincenzo and we were talking a lot of people in our Slack chat really loved it. And it just got me feeling all nostalgic. And so whenever I want to, like, think back to that drama, I listen to this song because, you know, it's one of those the song that you play when they're when they're staring at each other slowly and everything's in slow motion. And it's just like the world stops, but it's only her and him and them. So, yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my problem, there wasn't much romance in it and it was rushed at the end. Oh, so. OK, but a lot of romance in this song. So if okay, I definitely perfect. go check it out. The OST. Uh, I am always by your side by John Park. I'm always by your side, my love. And this love's entirely for you. My second song, since, you know, it's just us, so we get two picks this week, is Echo by Katie. So also in our K-pop chat, we talked about underrated artists from this year. And this song didn't come out this year, but I feel like Katie is definitely an underrated solo artist. Um, This is also another all-English track, but Katie originally debuted under YG. She's with an independent label right now, so, you know, why she's underrated is because she debuted really big and her music video was really popular. But I feel like she's still trying to get out there, still get her name out there, so I feel like this is a great introduction to her if you haven't heard her before. So her song, Echo, definitely go check it out. Yes, I have looked her up. I did not know who she was before so good to see yeah (laughs) hence why she's in the the underrated category yes (laughs) 
I love OSTs as well. So mm-hmm. um, I think that Hotel de Luna had to be one of the best OSTs, like Ooh. just in general for me. And I think Taeyeon is probably my favorite OST singer. So, yes. Yeah. Just favorite singer in general, though, anyway. Well, yeah, of course, of course. But <laughs> I mean, like her OST catalog is bar none, just fantastic. So. Right. Okay, so moving on to our K-pop hot issues or K-pop headlines for this week. Uh, first headline, Monster X is reportedly working on their sophomore English album. And Nat, I, I know you have things to say about this because you are a big fan, right? Yeah, Um. so I did mention briefly that I am not a huge fan of Monster X's Korean music. I just, it's, oh, it's not okay. really my style i think i like mm-hmm. i think beautiful um i mean i'm I'm not saying that it's not music that i can listen to because i do still like if it comes on i listen mm-hmm. to it but for me i heard who do you love for the first time and i was like who is this, is this uh-uh. monster X? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on and then i heard yeah. like i saw the mvs for like they did a song with steve okay and then they did one with um and then they did um they dropped music videos for like middle of the night um right and um like all these other songs and i was just like oh my god and then obviously all about love dropped on valentine's day and i (gasps) was like this album was made for me clearly (laughs) (laughs) like it is my one of my favorite favorite absolute favorite albums i dropped in i think 2020 right um, but yeah, it, it was everything. So then they, they had some Korean releases last year and even this year that were okay. Mm-hmm. But I saw the news that they were going to be working, you know, with this company and how, like, I, I think it's really interesting that it was through this launch of this new label venture as well too. Yeah. And that it would be for Monster X and Wanho. So it's, yeah. it's like, I'm hoping that there's a chance for them to work together, you know, like even though they're, you know, yeah. separate things that, right that now. That would be amazing because yeah. I mean, it's an English release. So yeah. ideally they're they're going towards the English market and I, I can't speak for everybody, but I feel like when it comes to how like the international fans see Wanho, mm-hmm. there's not as much of that hostility as far as like him interacting with the group. But, mm. you know, I... I still don't want to get my hopes up because I feel like it, yeah. it's it's still a little too soon for us to for I don't know maybe maybe even them being comfortable with you know interacting in public and not being worried about negative reactions. Okay, I didn't know that there were like negative reactions to be quite honest. Um, but also like I don't really the whole K nuts and K fan bases versus international fan bases. Like I try to stay out of that <laughs> a lot of the times too right. so i okay well i'm still excited i you know their concert was rescheduled for next year and you know it looks like by then we'll probably see that well does it say when the new album's gonna be out 
I I didn't catch. I'm not sure. Yeah, I didn't. I don't see anything about when the new album's out. So I I mean I definitely would assume it's going to be out either later this year, like the maybe the last quarter, or it's going to yeah. be out next year sometime. So that's actually just really really exciting. I am because yeah, they they just had a comeback, yeah. so I feel like there's going to be like a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah, and I think what I really liked about what they did with their English music is when I am was going was promoting his solo stuff he said mm. in an interview i don't can't remember who it was with but he said in the interview that he like normally when they make music they make it you know with the k-pop way so visually you know yeah. it has to have uh, a piece of like what you're going to be doing musically but with all about love and like all their english music they made it just so you could hear it so they focused on oh. solely on the music. And I think that's where they got me, clearly. Um, but I think that's where they excelled really well. And why there's such a difference with what you get mm. from them in their English and their Korean music. So I am very, yeah, I'm just very yes. excited to see and hear. <laughs> uh, well, moving on to our next headline, something I'm very excited to see, because we talked about this in our K-pop chat recently. But Sunmi and Tiffany are going to appear as mentors on mnet's new audition program so i i mentioned this because we were talking about one of the things that we missed with kingdom is you know these sunbays in the industry just coming in to judge them and not really giving them a chance to interact directly with the artists and actually really be mentors so again it's always great to see you know the older artists able to one you know show their seniority and experience and to you know uplift all of these like newer kids that are coming up yeah no absolutely i didn't watch kingdom i watched some snip mm -hmm. i saw like the performances and i saw some of these i think i watched more of road to kingdom than i did actual kingdom <laughs> but i also was a huge 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 fan of queendom i watched every episode i was so excited um yeah. i was very disappointed when i heard that they were going to go the kingdom route um, to be quite honest, but uh, I'm Instead hoping, of like a Queendom season two. Yeah, because I thought that like it was just such a fun show. And I love that they had so many different types of artists like in different mm -hmm. parts and different sort of um, who had different journeys and who were in different parts of their journeys. You know, uh, so yeah. I, I really loved how that kind of came together. And I feel like because it was girl groups, not to say that girl group mm -hmm. fans don't really have like, you know, beefing and stuff like that. But oh, I feel yeah. like it's a little bit less than guys in when it ha what happens with like guy groups when they're quote unquote competing, even though they're all friends, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, so yeah. I felt that like even the fandoms were so like supportive of, of everybody. Like we kind of all knew Mama Moo was going to win, but it was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. but it yeah. was it wasn't really about who's going to win. It was about like, what do they learn? You know, like what performances are they going right. to bring to us and things the like journey. that. The journey. Yeah, it was about the journey with Queendom. Yeah. And I think that uh, when I was watching Road to Kingdom specifically, kind of it didn't really feel like that as much. So I was mm -hmm. I didn't really get into Kingdom, but um, I actually don't watch a lot of these reality, especially competition shows. Uh, yeah. I, I I really don't like how they edit it. I think that it's comes like it's it's a bit 
you know, they make it, they make beef where there's no beef. They make drama where there's no drama. Right. And, and M- Emmett is famous for that. So yes, let's, let's see what happens with this new girl group. Yeah, but I'm ex- audition program. excited for Tiffany, excited for Send Me. And they've opened yeah. it up to like Korea, China and Japan as well. So yeah. there's going to be like yeah. a really wide diversity of contestants and things like that. And honestly, like mm-hmm. the, the mentors are perfect. You have Send Me from, you know, legendary group. Girl, uh, Wonder Girls. You have Tiffany from Legendary yeah. Group Girls Generation. They are both solo stars in their own right, you know, and not just like yeah. in Korea, but like internationally. They are both stars in their own right. And they both do a lot of like, spe- specifically Tiffany, like she has really just kind of gone for anything, really. <laughs> like she did Chicago. Um, <laughs> She had the partnership with H&M and she was doing her um, like United States and um, her North American tour. And I did see her at the Mod Club actually when she came to Toronto and she was really fantastic. Like Tiffany was never like my favorite member of Girls' Generation, but she's definitely Mm -hmm. born for the stage. So and I feel, too, that they're both people who work hard, but they're not. They understand the pressure that the girls will be under. So I think, and they're, I think that yeah. they've been through enough to be able to communicate both, you know, the good mm-hmm. and the bad that can come, you know, from being K-pop idols and part of the machine. So mm. I'm very excited to see how they navigate uh, that now as well. I'm even more hyped. I can't <laughs> wait to watch them on this program. Yes, I think actually that's probably like, as I said, I don't usually watch these shows, but I think I'm going to mm-hmm. definitely be more on top of this one because it has people that I really enjoy there. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so do you do you want to read the next one, number five? Yeah, so we're the next topic is easy the easing of COVID restrictions and how that lifts the hopes of concert viewers or concert goers. Sorry, uh, like I assume mm-hmm. you and me and everybody <laughs> who wants. Right. Um, I mean, I'm not like oh, I love concerts. I really absolutely love concerts. I'm not mm-hmm. really. I like to be comfortable with concerts, though. I've, I've noticed that for me, I'm like, I don't want to be anywhere where people are like pushing at me and like breathing down my neck. You're not in the pit. I'm you're, not. You're like maybe level two with a seat. And like, I have you know, to have comfortable. a seat, um, hopefully by the bar. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> you know, like, uh, uh, but I do love concerts and I'm so excited that yeah. we're going to finally be able to go and see live music hopefully soon. I don't, you're in Cali, right? I'm in Toronto and they've literally like we just had like our third lockdown. So they're slowly easing restrictions right now. And I am hoping for the best so I can watch Fast 9 in the movie theaters, but also so I can see some concerts. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And and it's exciting because it, you know, this is move news coming out of Korea. So obviously internationally, things are opening up a little differently. But, you know, I'm excited for maybe some of these new rookie groups being able to perform in front of people for the first time and finally get to, you know, experience the fandom that they have. Because, you know, they've been performing in a vacuum this whole time. So it's just going to be so amazing just to see what these new groups bring when they're actually in front of people. Yeah, as I like music shows have been very awkward and empty especially at the yeah. end when they're doing the encore and, you know, you usually have people behind them, you know, like it's such a busy yeah. stage and it's like, like twice just one for alcohol free and it's just literally just twice. And I mean, there's nine girls, so there's it's not like an empty stage, but it feels yeah. empty, you know? Uh, <laughs> 
but yeah, definitely for new groups, they need to be able to go out and tour and make money or they disband because mm-hmm. there's a lot of groups that had to disband last year because of COVID. So yeah, a lot oh. of a lot of new groups that disbanded last, yeah. last, last year. So yeah, no, definitely. You know, it's we'll, good we'll for see. Korea. It's good for Korea. It's yes. good for K fans. It's good for international fans. It's good for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you do you want to read the next one? Yeah, absolutely. So now uh, we're going to discuss the MMTG concerts. Yes. Featured fan faves, you know, like 2 p.m. after school. Nine Muses, Oh My Girl is one. Uh, Cheye Na and mm-hmm. um, more who performed Hidden Gems. Yeah. Um, and it really was like a nostalgia night. Yes. Everybody on the timeline was freaking out. Mm-hmm. I never in my lifetime thought I would get to see Bang again live, right. but with Becca this time, Ugh. because they did do Bang like after Kahi had left, but oh, Becca yeah. wasn't in the group by then, right? So it mm-hmm. was like a it was like an anniversary show for like M Countdown or one of these shows, and so she had rejoined the group to perform it. It was great and all, but I was like, you can't do the rap without Becca. Like, right? that's hers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was exciting and Jungkook's pregnant, five months pregnant and like, but her, her husband there coaching her and her doctor approved it. And so it was like, yeah. a, it, it was just beautiful and magical. And obviously like, Nana wasn't there, Yui wasn't there, you know, yeah. whatever, but it was fine. Uh, there was a bit of drama with Nine Muses. I didn't know if you saw that. I didn't know. What was that about? So basically, they did have the reunion, but, you know, Sarah wasn't there, which mm-hmm. was very strange because Sarah is Night Muses for most people. <laughs> like, right. if you know Night Muses, you know Sarah. Um, and I think uh, Lee Sim, or Sim, I can't remember I, how do you pronounce it, but she also had put up noticing that she had spoken to a member or two and nobody mentions the come like that they were getting together to do this. Oh, so wow. she was like she felt I guess doubly sort of uh, manipulated or, you know, used, I guess, in some ways because they had like been communicating with her, but not about this. And yeah. so there was like a bit of drama and it's <laughs> it is really strange, as I said, like to do it without Sarah. For me personally, so I watched it and it was cute and it was fun, but I don't know. I just like I feel like you should have done something like Hurt Locker, you know, or remember or like drama or something. If you're gonna do without Sarah and you're gonna have her voice there, like do something else, you know. Uh, The crazy thing though about this, and shut me, you can you can interject or tell me to stop talking if you want. I'm (laughs) I'm known to ramble. I'm sorry, Uh, but. (laughs) The most interesting thing about this was that people were only talking about like nine muses and after school. Two PM was there, and it was like nobody remembered that they were there. <laughs> it right? was crazy. The big news is two PM is coming back on the twenty eighth. Yeah, right. Right, but nobody talks about it. Yeah, yeah, nobody, nobody talks about it. Everyone was like, mm-hmm. mostly about after school, obviously, because that was like the bigger story. But like, it was insane to me, really, just seeing how people were talking about it. And obviously, like, oh my girl was there, um, mm-hmm. and Eyes One was there, and stuff like that. So it was, it was cute. Um, I did mention that I have a bit of problem with, um, JJ, you know, M M T G herself, uh, yeah. because. I am a Jessica Jan- Johnston and um, mm-hmm. 
she's very much uh <laughs> O2A, O-T-A, O-T-A, um oh, SNSD yeah, yeah. and you know purposely cutting people out of like nine member posters and stuff. Right. Uh, it's yeah. not very cool in my book in my books. But you Just know, gonna the, throw it out there. But yeah, I think people also forget. Like, even though this is on YouTube, it's still yes. an SBS show. So yeah. SBS is still the one kind of managing everything. So it could it could be you know the network you know being pressured by other people. It couldn't just be the program. But you know, it, I again I don't know her, so I, I can't speak. Yeah, well, uh, they had used like clips of SNSD as a nine member group. So Jessica has her face has been there like on SBS yeah. and stuff like that. So um, a lot a lot of what people are saying is that it's just personally like her preference, which is fine. But, you know, yeah, Girls' yeah. Generation had like two albums after Jessica, you know, was removed or whatever. And there's a lot of pictures that you could have used from there. Is all I have to say about that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. But Let, yes. Let's, let's, let's move on then. <laughs> yes. 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 So the next one is Blackpink the movie. Well, yes. Hits in your area in August and yes. <laughs> yeah so I just don't know what else Blackpink has to show in a movie that wasn't shown hmm. in their Netflix documentary right because the, the Netflix Pink documentary was was like so like if you wanted to basically like the ultimate introduction to Blackpink that was it and I Absolutely. think that's really what helped their their popularity here internationally because it was on Netflix and everybody got to see it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it was crazy because they also had like their tour diary. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's called like Blackpink in Your Era. And then they had like the Blackpink House, like which was their first sort of like reality show. Variety show. And thing. so it, it for me, I'm kind of like the documentary was basically like the combination of those two plus showing some like never before seen in stuff from their training days. Mm. That was it. Like, I, I just feel like what more am I going to learn about Blackpink in but with Blackpink, the movie, you know, like outside of the fact that they dropped the album, but they weren't touring because mm. it was 2020 and nobody was yeah, touring. Yeah. So they were, Lisa was like working nonstop in China, I believe, and, you know, her tie endorsements and things. And Lisa, Jenny was um, modeling and stuff. She has like a lot of endorsements. Jisoo was acting in mm-hmm. Snowdrop, I think is the name of the drama. Yeah. And um, Rose, Rosie had been like working on her solo. So maybe it's yeah, going to be she- less about Blackpink and maybe more about like the girls and what they we're doing yeah individual projects and, exactly and their struggles. Yeah, yeah exactly and then maybe it's gonna deal a bit with them coming back because i feel like it's going to tie into their comeback yeah it, this is yeah. Oh, this is 100 percent promotion yeah. for whatever yeah. next comeback they possibly do because exactly. we know we're definitely getting a group comeback before anybody yes. else's solos yes exactly so i think that's what mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's crazy it's been five years of black king wow and five years what 20 songs <laughs> it's better than the 13 we had before they dropped like their songs last True. year okay guys True. like we'll take it yeah but <laughs> so ho- hopefully this comes with a, a like an original ost as well so we can get more music yes yes <laughs> yeah okay so wrapping it up uh this is you know a bit of a, a touchy subject for some people but we did kind of want to mention on it since you are here nat and i know you have thoughts 
Um, but the headline is Jay Park makes the DNA remix video private after accusations of cultural appropriation. So, yeah. yeah. So I guess if you don't know, um, <laughs> Jay Park, uh, founder of AUMG and Higher Music, former leader of 2PM, yeah. you know, international businessman signed to Rock Nation, has had his fair share of cultural appropriation uh, right. and offensive, you know, behavior in the past. And it's just, always just all around problematic. Yeah. Really. And it's, I think it's like really frustrating because it's always the same thing. It's like, Jay, why is it always the same thing? But anyways, mm. he had dropped a music video celebrating higher musics, I think their fourth year anniversary or their fifth year anniversary. And yeah. he had like his whole roster of, of, of um, artists. artists behind him. And I only know who P P1 Harmony is. I don't know who any of those other people are, I'll be honest. But he had his whole roster and he started PH1. Yes, yes. I'm not a hip hop rapper. I'm not a like a K hip hop or KRMB person. (laughs) I just know like he's like a really good rapper. So, you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. but he had his whole roster behind him and he started it with like his, his sort of monologue thing, which was it came across as like a tribute to like Black Panther because I think he did quote. Killmonger mm. in there and then it looked like oh. you know that Aaliyah video when she passed and they had like that tribute video and DMX was in the middle and like he had like his rap crew behind him that's exactly mm. what that looked like like it, like bar for bar that's what it looked like wow now that you yeah. say that wow yes so anyways he had that and people were just like mm, Jay you shouldn't do that but then you saw the crew behind him and it was just a smorgasbord of like uh, costume costumes it was basically all yeah. costumes because i know i know for a fact that these people do not go home to their parents looking like this so it was basically just a costume one after the other some dude had a fro mm. they had braids they had locks they had all these things jay's hair was braided as well um and they were they actually looked really like foolish to be quite honest with you it was like they were trying so hard to emulate what they felt that hip-hop and black culture was that they were like instead of just being at like a one they were at like a hundred and it was Mm. it was actually really cringy to watch like i i didn't like it a lot of people didn't like it as you saw he was trending and a lot of think pieces a lot of youtube videos a lot of articles Um, we had a Twitter space about it. Yeah, a really great Twitter space. Thank you. And um, we had uh, his PR person, Julie, had to speak out because yeah. uh, Jay Park's Ugh. always, all, like, whenever things go wrong with Jay Park, he always pushes back first. Like, he's he's always the one to be like, that's not who I am. I respect all cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, and he always gets really, really defensive instead of listening to people. And so um, he put out this whole like iOS press release, which had some very offensive things in it, to be quite honest. Like he basically equated being a rapper to being uneducated um, and like Mm. a loser, basically, like in society. And that's why, you know, he chose to do it, I guess. I don't know. And he did the whole what about what about isms? You know, like what about when this person did this and this person did this and this person did this It's like yeah it's all wrong guys like we we think it's all wrong like it doesn't matter who you are and what culture it is you know joy's video 
people who were indigenous had a problem with it. And I understood that, yeah. you know, like it doesn't matter who it's, who is being affected, who's being offended. If it is offensive, it's offensive. Like I'm point blank. Yeah. I don't really pick and, sides. Yeah. And that, and that's the big question is, okay, we've got, we've got all this again, back in the news, back is it was the hot issue right now. Yes. You know, where, where do we go from here? Because like you said, it doesn't feel like the people are, are learning anything from it. No. So I I don't know if you you have any ideas. I mean, it is very very hard because mm-hmm. his market is Korea and Korea has their own ideas of what black people are right. and what blackness is and I mean we've seen in not just hip hop spaces but K-pop spaces, mm-hmm. K-drama, Penthouse had their own um, sort of time in, right. in the sun, you know, right before this, actually. So yeah. I feel like we like education is definitely key. But the thing is, you can't educate mm-hmm. ignorant people. And I feel like that's what we're seeing a lot of because they have the yeah. resources, they have, you know, money, they have access. There are black people. Black people have been in Korea since before Korea was Korea, you know, fighting, you know, in the Korean War, like before it's it was its own republic and, and it's lit. Like, pe- Black people have been in Korea. So it's not like this is a foreign concept. It's not like we sprouted from the ground in, like, the 90s. <laughs> you know, like, it's very strange that they have yet mm-hmm. to reconcile their, like, you know, and it's not every single Korean person, obviously. But as, you know, yes, we've, yeah. we've seen so many examples, it is definitely very popular opinion about Black people and Blackness. And you... I mean, in the night, like, I think when you look at first gen, it's I'm a little bit more empathetic in some ways because I do understand Mm. that, you know, a lot of times in like the 90s, early 2000s, you know, you only had, you know, movies and television and music videos and things like that. But we're in 2021. So limited access. Exactly. We're in 2021. You know, we've been saying the same things since, you know, Eric from Shinwa put the N-word in top. You know, like we've been saying the same things for years, for decades at this point. So I think that definitely pushing back, I think that really did help with the Jay Park situation specifically. But also because there was an apology from the actor from Penthouse as well, too. Yeah, it wasn't an iOS press release. It was a TikTok press release. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> uh, so are you going to say something? No, no, no. I was, I was just going to mention that he, he's from, I believe he's from New York. Jay Park. So it's, it's another case of, of you know, Korean Americans coming yes. to Korea and living there long enough and forgetting what cultural appropriation is like and not speaking up and not doing their part. Because, you know, again, I... I I, I can't really speak on, on this, but it's it, it just feels like when these things come up, the only way that things are really going to, to change is when it like affects somebody's bank account. Yes. For me. Yes. That I feel like the only the only way that we're going to see movement in the Korean market is if the Korean market finally realizes there's a problem with all of this. Yeah, no, I, I think that, like, as I said, the the international um, sort of reporting of these things has also changed a bit mm-hmm. because I noticed that there was pushback on the international side for Penthouse and for Jay Park. And that's why we got the apologies that we got and the speed that we got yeah. them. And that's why the video is now private. But also, yeah, no, pushing back on, like, if you want 
to be recognized internationally. If you want to have an international fan base, you want to make money, you know, in the United States right. and, and things like that. Like we have to start holding people accountable and we have to say, like, if you want a piece of our market, if you want a piece of our money, you need to be better. And I think we need to start like, you know, obviously being more vocal about it, having more discussions about mm-hmm. it. You know, I'm I'm not sure about petitions and things like that. I'm not really like as educated on how, you know, successful they are, I guess. Uh, but I definitely yeah. think that communication is key. Uh, communication with, you know, Black fans and communication um, through writing specifically for places like Teen Vogue and for, you know, a lot of these yeah, sites yeah. as well, too, where, um, because Koreans love international um, accolades. They love when things, their things are seen you know, highly um, in in the international spaces. So if they start to see in the international yeah, spaces yeah. that people are like, ah, we don't know about that and we don't know about these things. Uh, I think that's also going to maybe change public opinion. I mm-hmm. like, I've been saying it for a long time. They need to hire Black people in these companies. They need to, right. they need to hire Black, you know, journalists. They need to hire, um, or they need to have, you know, PR, people in PR who are Black and uh, just just people in, in Black people in general who are able to say, like, this is crazy. Don't do this. You know, like, and I mean, there yeah, are Black people yeah. in these spaces, but clearly they're just doing it for the money and they're not speaking out and they're not pushing back enough, right? So we need to, mm. yeah, we definitely need to start working on consequences as well as you said, like, I mean... I'll be quick not to stream something. I'll be quick not to buy an album. Yeah. I'll be straight. I'll, yeah. I'll be honest. I'm not going to stream Penthouse. Probably yeah. I won't watch that second yeah. season. No, absolutely. I'm not going to give my money to that. Absolutely. I have been like that for a, for like, I think the last five years or so I've, cause I have been in a lot of fandom spaces and I've seen a lot of like the misogynoir and stuff like that happening. And my yeah. my thing for, for me is always just like I'll be quick to cut some something off and not put time, effort, money, anything into it and spend like with our podcast and, you know, just in general, like the things that I talk about, the things yeah. that I love, the things that I want to uplift, the things that I want to promote. And they're always positive. If you're not going to be a, a force of light in the world, I'm just assuming you're going to be a force of darkness. And right now, Jay Park is definitely mm. on that side. So um, I I highly recommend people just like not stream his music, not support him in any way, shape, or form. Hold him accountable. And I, I really want to stress that holding someone accountable is not culture is not cancel culture. It's not being mean. It's not being a hater. It's just saying that I expect more from you. I expect better of you because I respect you. And you're letting me down. You're disappointing me. So please do better. And, and I think that if we as fans hold our celebrity idols, whatever you want to call them to, you know, these standards, like fair standards that you would want you, you hold yourself to, you hold your friends to, you hold your family to. I think if we can hold, like Mm -hmm. if we start holding these idols to these same standards and we start really pushing back on, on behavior that is not okay, I think that we would definitely see change. Will it affect everybody? 
Probably not. I mean, we know the world is yeah, what it is. I, we're, we're not going to change the world <laughs> exactly. overnight. But like I said, these these conversations still bringing things up and making things known yes. and not being quiet about Absolutely. it, I think is really what's going to yeah. help move us forward. I can be the angry black okay. woman all you want. All, all like, it's <laughs> fine, guys. I'm, I'm like, people who know me know I smile a lot and I love to talk about things that make me happy, like got seven. So it's fine. <laughs> you know, we'll do the work. Yeah. And thank you for, you know, having me here to sort of talk about that. Oh, um, I know it's, it is touchy. And I know that, you know, people think that it it can be something that everyone's harping on. But no, like our focus is on solutions, resolutions, trying to do better and be better. So thank you for giving me a platform right. to talk about that. Well, of course, thank you. We're so grateful for you coming and speaking on this. Um, and I, I think that's that's kind of where we're going to yeah. wrap up today. I know there's still a lot more to say on this. It's fine. But, you know, that's a conversation conversation for, you know, the next day because we, you know, it's not over after this week. We want to make sure that these conversations are still going on so that we can actually, you know, create change and things like that. Yeah. So, yes, that concludes this episode of Hit Replays slash uh, hot issue K-pop headlines. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, for the third week of June. So, uh, Nat, just to wrap it up, let our listeners know where they can find you on Twitter and, you know, kind of promote anything else that you, you know, maybe you're working on with a podcast or things like so, that. So, yeah, I mean, normally you guys can find me, specifically me, because I usually manage the Nyan Twitter and it's Nyan Edison. So N-Y-A-N-E-T-I-Z-E-N-S. And you can also find me like, oh, I guess more so you can listen to me at Soju Chronicles on Twitter because uh, we don't really use that Twitter as much, but we do have our episodes bi-weekly, so you can find us there. And in terms of things that we have coming up, mostly we are... When does the episode go out? Uh, we're out probably around maybe next Tuesday. Okay, so it'll be after that. So. That's fine. Um, so we're going to be at the K-pop social night. I think you're also going to be there. Yes, yes. we are going to be there too. So um, that's uh, July 10th and 11th, I believe, and that's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. And I mean, who knows? These Twitter spaces will be popping up whenever things get lit. Right. So you'll probably find me there as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so definitely be fo follow all the, all yes, the things. all the things. Um, and you, you can follow us at the K-Pop Cast on Twitter. Um, and if you want to keep the, the conversation going, you know, you can always check out our K-pop cast Slack. If you're a fan of Vincenzo or a fan of Matsura X, we have lots of conversations going on in that chat. So you can find the link to our official K-pop cast Slack in the description of this episode, as well as links to everything. So you could follow Nat as well. Um, and yeah, so that wraps us up. Thank you again for coming on our show. I'm sorry. Sorry for the bit of technical difficulties at, at the head, but I think, you know, we've had really great conversation today, you know, even though it's just the two yeah, of us. Yeah, no, we definitely filled the space up, even though, I mean, definitely mm -hmm. would have been great to have, you know, Peter and Co here, but we definitely did a good job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so bye, everybody. Bye.